podcast today. It is, it's, it's, it's Monday, April 25th, 1.46. Alexandria, it's, we're about to wrap up four months of 2022, which puts us, what, five months <laughs> till your wedding date? Yeah, yeah, five months. No pressure. No, no, I'm getting, I think I'm getting more excited and less anxious. You're checking boxes off in a very measured and meticulous fashion. Do you love it? I, I feel like you would be proud of me. I am. I am very proud of you. I, I, I'm reminding myself that we have to come up with a good phrase for you. Whatever the opposite. <laughs> Bridezilla right, ain't it. Right, right, right. Like, what is the, uh, we'll take submissions for whatever the opposite of Bridezilla is. <clears throat> yeah, let's do that. I'm curious what, uh. I'm curious what people will come up with, but yeah, I'm like mom and I did that today, the picture that I sent over to you. Um, and that was kind of like what I came up with in my head. And I, you, you know how you come up with something or you have an idea, whether it's an outfit or maybe for you, like a shoe design or something. And, and then like you, you execute it and it really does exactly what you wanted it to do. Yes. That was that. I, I felt really good about it. And it's inexpensive. So like, nope, don't tell me you can't have a nice upscale, like fancy wedding on a minimal budget. I don't want to hear it. I, I think you're, you're right on there. And I think this goes back to everything I've always thought about weddings. And it's probably <laughs> pretty accurate about women and weddings. And it's probably mostly accurate because, mm-hmm. and it's what makes you the opposite of Bridezilla, where this is literal, this is literally like the pinnacle of what so many girls, ladies, women of all mm-hmm. ages have sought their entire life. And if there's one thing they're going to, they're going to spend money on, and then they want to get their money's worth on that, it's a wedding. Mm-hmm. So I think while there are budgets they just put into their head, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but if they, they, they put budgets and if they get into their head, this is going to be expensive, then the rationalization is I'm going to do it because it's my wedding and I want it to be perfect. And then in two and a half years, you hate that guy because he fucked some other girl. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have that issue. Sorry, but... I, am, I am on one today. So... <laughs> Thomas would never. Well, I... <laughs> like I can, I can comfortably say that, but okay. he'll do other stuff, but he won't do that. Um, yes, not that, but, but other things, but no, I, I think you will hopefully create a trend, especially of women, your age and of your wonderful Mm -hmm. intellect and so much more and go, you know, it doesn't have to be a $30,000 affair. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of maybe just taking pictures of what we do and maybe blogging it, doing like a nice kind of detailed about what I did just to share for another person. Cause I'm, I'm game for literally what I said, the picture that I sent you and for those listening, I did my table centerpiece, like I did a mock setup of my table centerpiece. And then I sent Eric a picture. Um, I'm going to sell it like everything I bought, I'm going to sell. So that table centerpiece is $30 total for everything. And for 10 tables at $30, that's $300. I'm going to sell those for $20 a table. <laughs> like, and, and hopefully somebody just buys it. Like, here's the full package. If you're having this many people, this many tables, have it. I love it. It's a hand-me-down wedding. It's a great idea. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I need to acknowledge somebody. First of all, well well done. It seems like there are more and more people who show up in my feed year and year after year. And maybe I just 
it's just who I, it's quantity. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate, I'm fortunate, fortunate to meet lots of people and have a great network as you do as well. Uh, seems like more people than ever were running in, well, I'll say the weekend, not necessarily the marathon, but it was neat to look at the list of results from the Glass City Marathon Yeah, and see lots of local people. The one woman that smashed a record in the marathon, I mean, in the same, like, She's not a foreigner, and when I say mm-hmm. foreigner, like she's not from Montana. She's from Ferndale, Detroit, which is an hour away. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of lots of familiar places in the top finishers of both the full and half marathons and, and, and the five k as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind right now, or maybe I won't. Okay. Did you know that there's something else that I can correlate this to, but I can't can't come up with it right now um wasn't that prepared did you know that toledo is a sensational place to run a marathon no but there was i feel like Toledo. i don't know i maybe every city is like this but i'm like we have a lot of runners in this city like a lot of people that love that stuff like not but oh oh just did Petey just did the okie doke. So he tried to bark to get Sunny to bark to run to the door so he could steal her bone. He does it all the time. There's nobody at the door. Pete just wanted Sunny to think there was. Sneaky dude. <laughs> um, so I, I think one thing, and we talk about this a lot, like we're, we happen to be at the intersection of two roads that go up and down the country and then across 75 and 85. So to your point, it, it's really accessible to get here. Right. Um, think of another reason. And I'll tell you, it has to do with the month of April. And like, I read this and my eyes opened up like in, in near pain. And I was like, huh? The weather? Yes. Why is it really, why is it a great marathon city? Because in April, it's not, it's kind of, it's still chilly. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, wow. I, I never would have thought about that, but yeah, the marathon mm-hmm. is in April, and I was reading the the preview I think on Saturday, and it talked about how um, it's it's great for mar- to to start off marathon season because it's not grueling because it's never wow. it's never like it was yesterday, sunny and eighty. It's more likely, and this probably <gasps> I know this caught Beth- Bethany tried to go to the zoo on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think oh, about it Jesus. after the fact, but she said there were like two mile long lines either direction, both entrances. And no. I was like, well, you don't often expect 81 and sunny on a Saturday in April. So everybody got out, but there was also a recycling event. Um, but yeah, because of our, because of our, what's a good, I don't want to damn it too much. Because of our late arriving spring weather, it's a mm-hmm. damn good place to run a marathon. That's kind of smart because I imagine at these events, like you probably have a fair amount of people that have heat stroke at like during, before, after. I mean, I saw a lot of people running marathons for the first time, like first time runners this weekend, really proud of themselves. Can you imagine? You have to be an experienced runner to run in the elements. You know what I mean? Like to be able to regulate your body or know what you're doing or know the warning signs in like the scorching hot July or August day. So it would make sense for it to be in April. That's kind of smart. Yeah, I never thought about that. And that's why the, the loud uh, sigh, but um, congrats to everybody. But one person in particular, do you know, um, I think her Facebook name is Brandy Baker Purcell. Do you, you do know Brandy, right? I don't think so. Uh, oh yeah, she uh, did she work with backpacks for a while? Yes. 
Yeah. So this is not the first time her name has been mentioned on the podcast. I think it was mm-hmm. when we were in our pre-vaccine times, the, the pre-vaccine summer. Uh, Brandy was, I think, on the show, which was yes, also the podcast was. at the time, because she mm-hmm. had kind of... Um, Helped Nate out do a lot yep. of the logistics to get backpack backpacks for humans up and running to where where it uh, was and is. That's right. Um, she also, I think, during that same time, was creating a human for another family. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she they, that that's wow. being a surrogate, right? Yeah. Okay, so she was having somebody else's kid, then. Um, Friday, I watched her, like, she seemed to be running around the logistics or was the point person for the expo day, which was pretty incredible. I didn't know that there was, like, a giant health, wellness, and running expo in Savage as part of the marathon. I I thought people just got their stuff, showed up, ran, walked, whatever. It was a really neat event setup setup they had. It looked like it, yeah. Brandy was the point person for that. And now she's doing development for Sarah Hegarty at the Heart Association. Is she? Good for her. So, um... Acknowledgement. I wish I could give her more, but man, that is a hell of a human being. Mm-hmm. I remember I met her a couple times, and I know that she was on the podcast. She's very kind. Like, to boot, she's also really kind, which is nice. Um, I also didn't know that there was a health expo, and I was like, damn it, I would have done a mental health table if I knew. Um, although runners probably are, <laughs> not to say they have really good mental health, but if you're a runner, you you know... Exercise is great for your mental health, is what I'm trying to say. It, doing one, doing a table would not have been inappropriate by any stretch of the imagination. There were places there for physical health, uh, but, yeah. but mental certainly plays into that. And yeah. that is a neat little segue into something. Okay. Um, I came across an article today, and uh, would you say that I like or dislike um, catchphrases, buzzwords, popular words? You dislike them. Trigger. <laughs> Trigger, trigger, yes. trigger, trigger. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yes. Uh, trigger, the word trigger, <laughs> triggers me. Uh-huh. So I, I, I kind of, I pick my battles, and mm-hmm. I usually fight them here on the podcast, so they're not hitting like a massive audience. I'm, I'm done with the word self-care. Um, uh. And look, you, you do you. I don't care what it is. If you can call something self-care, self-care, I don't care how inane it is. If you like to hammer nails or what, fine. If you want to call it self-care, but I came across an article today and it called it mental health hygiene. Do you like it? I, I don't like it. Okay, let me... Let me, and this is why I wanted to bring it up. Not not thinking that we would disagree, but let me let me mm-hmm. give you my argument. Like okay. we have really pushed self care into, like it's in lit territory now. <laughs> like the kids used it, the adults used it, and now there's an older, uncool sports talk host that is learning it, and and it just doesn't get used anymore except for that guy. Um, I think we've done that with self care, but again, if it works for you and it makes you feel better, fine. But the article talks about with hygiene, there's, we kind of begrudgingly do it in the mm-hmm. sense that nobody likes shaving, right? Right. That's a hygiene thing. I do like bathing myself, but I'm sure there are some people, I know you, like you probably don't wash your hair every day and it's, it's a bit of a chore, but a, a hygiene thing as well, right? 
Yeah, skincare too. Skincare yep. is my biggest fucking, like, I need to do it, but I'm just like, God, I don't have time. Brushing your teeth. If I want to get my ass to bed, uh, between, like, washing my face or putting stuff on my face, which is supposed to be, like, anti-aging, the retinol stuff. Mm-hmm, if I have a choice yep. between doing that and brushing my teeth and I just want to get my ass into bed, it's the face stuff, not the teeth brushing. Also, um, a hygiene thing. And I don't want to get into like people who allow their body hair to grow out and natural. This is not that. I'm just saying when it's a hygiene thing, you kind of have to do it begrudgingly. But if you do Mm -hmm. it and you do it regularly, it produces good results. You brush your teeth. You have good oral health, though, cavities. You do your face stuff. You know, hopefully you keep your skin pretty clean and clear and on and on. And I think Mm -hmm. if we employ a mental health hygiene aspect to it, rather than something more therapeutic, it can get us, it could potentially get us into better routines where we're not maybe falling back as much as we do. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get it. (laughs) Okay. But yes, like it's because it makes it necessary. It also like mental health hygiene or mental hygiene like you know you have to do hygiene you should take care of your mental you know people don't people have different ways of doing it as well um i don't know i it could work what about mind control i would love that someone mind control me out of bad moods (laughs) let let me give you one more let me give you one more example um and maybe this is the best one like some people will say um and, and we both falter this, though it's not self-care. It's, it's more wallowing, but like eating junk food. Um, right. There are some people who say, look, my self-care is my, my naughty snack after dinner or something, something edible. And I'm not talking about weed or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the week, it's a 400 calorie. That's probably low. A 600 mm-hmm. calorie beverage at Starbucks instead of a 200 one. And it's, it's, it's my treat. It's my self-care for getting through the week. There's I mean, nothing cheesecake. wrong. What's that? I made a cheesecake. There you go. But if you don't yeah. post pictures, it didn't happen. Yeah, I'm not going to post pictures. Um, those are like self-care treats. But we know we get there and the hard work and the better results comes from mm-hmm. watching what we eat three times a day, what goes into those meals, so on and so forth. And it, it's right. like going to the gym. Like if I don't want to go... Uh, you know, if you don't sweat, it's not worth it. But you really have to try hard at something mm-hmm. and you really have to, like, going to the gym is another one. For a lot of people, it sucks. Like, they have to drag themselves and then the feeling of accomplishment afterwards and then after a week of doing it and two weeks of doing it. Like, it's hard and it sucks, but you feel, most people will say they feel so much better. And it, I, my point is if we take a mental health approach in that direction where some mm-hmm. things are hard, maybe it's better than the three times a week, not necessarily scheduled self-care stuff. That's a really good point. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that. Like taking care of yourself is extremely hard. Like it's not, you know, it's good for you, but it's not something that you can easily do. I was just talking with Thomas about this yesterday because as I told you this morning, I've had a little bit of a rough like night into the day. So I took the day off. You know, I spent yesterday preparing for my week. So I went grocery shopping and I made dinner and you know, your weekends are to do the things. I read somewhere where it was like, what you do on the weekend is for the life you want. Like, you know what I mean? The, yeah. you, the thing, Sunny, Sunny. I'm sorry, is she Snack. really loud? No, she's, is, you're good. 
she's in the bedroom fighting with Pete. Anyway, um, and so this weekend I ran errands and did the things that I knew I needed to do Sunday specifically. I really did the stuff that I needed to do to be prepared for the week. I was exhausted and that I didn't really have any time to do anything else. Like, did I go out of my way to make a cheesecake? Yes, I did. But other than that, like I ran errands, went grocery shopping, cooked dinner just for the day, not like meal prep for the week. And I was exhausted and I was doing the things that I don't have time to do during the week. You know what I mean? But I know it was for the greater good. Like, so I just had lunch right before we hopped on and I intentionally prepared to have a really healthy lunch and it was great. It tasted great. You know what I mean? Um, and all this week I will have lunch and meals for this week. So I don't need to stop and get fast food. I just know that I'm going to have to muscle through it and like cook my meals when I get home and, or do them at work. But, um, it's rough. And, and you know what? Now that we talk this out, like it can be both. There can be daily, there can be daily mental health hygiene and there can be self-care. Um, so we don't have to split the two up and everybody can have their, their favorite mental health buzzword. Gotcha. Um, next thing, speaking of mental health, uh, thank God Brittany has put her goddamn phone down. <laughs> well, she's, she just said she was going to put her phone uh, down. You okay. know, that's like the third time she said that she's not gonna, well, she might not, but look, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, the previous attempt, the previous attempts have not made them my way. And you know, from the, from the beginning of her freedom from her dad, and even slightly before this, when this was, when free bit Brittany was ramping up, I'm like, girl, put your phone down. And I, I tried to, to tactfully do this on the air today. I'm very careful with my words with yeah. Brittany. Um, I can be more forward here, which is if I were, if I were an opposing lawyer, um, like Brittany just puts evidence out for that prosecutor uh-huh. or whoever out on her social media. Exactly. And like, it makes her look unfit to be a mother many times. It, it, I mean, you and you're correct. We are careful with what we say. I tend to be careful with what I say, especially with what I do for work. But I do agree, you know, and this is not only is this just based on observation. And again, we are only observing what she's allowing us to observe other than the information that comes out from like staff members and et cetera. I mean, I think she assaulted like her um, her cleaner, like her the person who comes in and cleans her home um, just a couple weeks after her uh, guardianship was released. It's whatever. I know there's a different name for it. Um, you know, based on some of those things, but we also have a prior history of Brittany and I believe the custody of her children was in question, if not taken from her when she was very, when she was young and her children were still young kids based on things that she was doing from her mental health. So like, this is also historical, like these are factual things that had happened in other pregnancies. And what we do know is when you do have a mental illness, a serious one, and you're being medicated for them, you cannot often take those medications when you're pregnant. And so this could get really dicey for Brittany. And these are just facts. Like this is not speculation. It's not us gossiping. It's not us being mean. Based on what we know from our observations, you know, with the assumption that she does have, I believe it said that she had bipolar disorder. Um, those are, that's a serious mental illness. Those are serious medications and you can't always take them when you're pregnant, which is dangerous for her. Um, it's, I'm glad that she's doing this and I would guess 
most people who have experimented with um, limiting certain things on their phone, we'll just use mm-hmm. it for the, the sake of this argument, they have decided to, to take off whatever their social media um, is of choice where they spend the most time. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're constantly checking whether you decide to quit it for a day, a week, a month. I'm pretty certain most people have had positive benefits from that and wish they'd had wish they had done it sooner. Um, mm-hmm. Any positive that Britney could get from being on Instagram, which is likely attention, is the bad kind of positive. Right. Like, yeah, you go on there and people tell you you're going to be okay. We're rooting for you. We're so glad you're... It's it's affirmation where it's the bad kind of affirmation. People are supporting her not necessarily greatest behaviors. And yeah. I'm glad that she's put it down. I hope she stays off of it. I hope she realizes that she didn't need to be there through all of this. And I hope she can get some wits back about her. Because in a way, uh, those people who were maybe attempting to do good were also intoxicating to her. And causing some of the erratic things where we doom scroll, she doom posts where (laughs) you've showed me things and and, and it's just weird. And like we we scroll down our phones to find like the weird shit and then we just, you know, it's satisfied and we shut it down. She posts to me like weird stuff to get people's attention. So she gets that affirmation when in reality, like the best thing she she could possibly be doing is putting on sunglasses, a hat and a hoodie and going and overspending at Target and staying out of the public eye. I hope that she does have people. I mean, what I do know, so I say all that to say, and this is somebody that's worked in mental health with people with serious mental illnesses for going on six years. What I what I do know is that there is a healthy life out there for her and there's recovery and there is never going back to where you were before. I mean, there's always a chance that you could potentially, things could get bad for you, but you can recover. She needs to have good people around her, though. You're right. She can't have those enablers that are going to be like, here, let me take the picture of your ass and help you post it on the Internet or your nipples. Like, oh, why don't you cover your nipples with three fingers? Then it won't get taken down like that kind of stuff. And like when I think of stuff like this and what, you know, if she is pregnant, what that could mean for her, I think of... um, Oh, I, I can't think of that football player's name that like he had a plan in place. And he's like, if I get bad, work with the police department, work with my family and take my guns. You know what I mean? Like there was a plan. It's almost like a rap plan that she needs to have a wellness and yeah. recovery action plan. Something in place that, you know, she can say, like, listen, if things start to get bad for me, if you see me making terrible decisions, if you see me like doing things that aren't in my best interest or the best interests of my child or that are going to like risk being a mother, I need you to step in and I need you to do this for this period of time. And I'm going to sign off and give you permission for that. You're not giving away your rights. You're just acknowledging that sometimes your mental health can get so bad that you don't understand what you're doing. I don't think she has any of those people around her because those people, had had they been doing their jobs, would have stopped this long ago. No, no. And I think that that's a, I, I mean, I think that that's a, thought out intentional like it worked so well for that that football player i think it was in dc or something like that and he coins it for saving his life he's like it saved my life and that of other people when somebody stepped in and did what i told them i needed them to do when i was in a good place so anyway you know we all wish her well we wish health for her and her baby and a happy marriage to her really handsome fiance and like a good happy life like i love seeing those photos where she's 
in the Caribbean and she, I don't know, the Bahamas or something. And she's talking about how beautiful it is. I love to see that, but I just hope that, um, she has good people around her that will be able to help her when inevitably she might not make the greatest decisions because her mind is not well. Yep. And I think a, a big step, even though you said she's tried it before, is staying the hell off social where, as yeah. you said, people have enabled her. Um, yeah. And it's because, just look, you, you love her, but you're not loving her the right way. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. When I when I have said from the outset, like, free of her dad, but not free of conservatorship and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and take her like, this is because I want her to be well. I don't want to ever read the headline. Brittany's kid, Brittany, uh, anything about like losing this kid or this guy leaving her like high and dry and all like, I don't want those things to happen to her. We're just mm-hmm. watching the ingredients for what could be a catastrophe in someone's life who has been a catastrophe for a good 20, if not 30 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more serious things. Uh, actually, one light thing, and then we can do serious things. Okay. I'm officially now an ex Buckeye customer and a current T-Mobile Ooh. customer. I set How does the, it feel? It feels the same, but sixty dollars a month less out of my pocket. And um, the guy on the phone offered me something. I was like, "You're just—it's not going to work." I took my my gear over to the Buckeye store at Spring Meadows, and the woman like kind of whispered under her breath. She said, "You know, uh, I can offer you better." Uh, better deals than they can at the call center. And then she said, you'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. But you know what? In the meantime, I'm saving $60 a month and have, from what I can tell, identical, if not better service. I'm like, you know what? Whatever feelings you have, leave me out of your petty, like, whatever. I won't be back. Thanks for the confidence. But you know what? Maybe I will be. And I know they have all kinds of incentives to keep people. Like, if the call center lost me, then if she keeps me, she gets something. I get it. But um, $60 a month was a big deal. And I've been with it now Thursday, Friday, four days. And once Josh Josh moved it from my TV area, where I've normally had my modem, upstairs, where Mm -hmm. I guess just it's higher to the satellite or something, perfect service couldn't even tell that there was a difference in it so yeah good um all right now the serious things i was reading an article yesterday and for the freaking life of me i cannot find the quote um it was about how nebraska uh did is Petey growling at her sunny is the growler Petey doesn't growl at anybody sunny knock it off sunny's a raggedy bee um Reading this article about how, and it was a very long read, maybe that's why I can't find the, the quote again. It was a very long read about how Nebraska, relatively speaking, managed the pandemic pretty well. Um, now, they had a lot of built-in geography and uh-huh. dem- demographic reasons to do better. And if we stretch out the data years, we can go, look, everybody lost at this. Some places that lost a little less were just lucky. And population, um, too. Yes, yes. So they, they the article even mentions, um, I'll say this. Do you know who Nebraska's governor is? Sarah Palin. I don't no. know. <laughs> no, and, and one of the points was, like, this guy did a great job not making headlines. Like, oh. when he said stuff, it didn't even make C-SPAN in the middle of the night. Because I guess one of his acts or one of his behaviors as governor was, and more places should do this, we're going to run it like a business. And if we find out we have shitty customer service, we're going to fix that. Um, and I guess he applied that to the overall running of, the, of COVID. But you're right. Geography, demographics, it's very young there, blah, blah, blah. But I read one thing, and this is where the conservatism of him came up. And I, I have to find the quote. I'm, I'm on a hunt for it. He said they didn't want to give people more money 
Um, I don't know if this was tax credits or what this was or extra unemployment. They didn't want to give people more money because they didn't want them dependent on government. Um, now, I have come around in the same mm-hmm. way that we have seen uh, people didn't quit their jobs. They just went to other ones. We have mm-hmm. better perspective. I have now seen enough and read enough that a large portion of the inflation problem is, as some very conservative people predicted, we put too much money into the economy. Um, mm. And we bought a lot of stuff and the supply chain was dead. And now I'm not, and I'm saying we put too much in in the sense that I didn't need that stuff. Like somebody mm. like me, I didn't need that money. It was truly found money. Um, and, and some people desperately needed it. And I guess in that kind of crucible of something we've never experienced before, in the logistics of going, you get X, you get Y, you get X plus Y, it's just too hard. So it was like, a, like, like let's throw money at the problem. And it, right. ca- it caused a lot of the inflation. Um, to counter... To counter what their governor thought about, you know, giving people too much money and making them reliant on the government, I it make me makes me think how many how many people were in bad situations because of as we talk about their zip code and they absolutely needed to be reliant on government because I know this is a common conservative point. Um, right. Make your like why can't you just go get a job? Uh, well, I don't think like no politician would ever say that, but someone who backs that side, why don't you just go get, go get a job? Well, I can't because childcare is too expensive. I mm-hmm. have uh, a, a delinquent father who is also a, a criminal. And, you know, there are a million life reasons that many of which are out of people's control that keep them, as we've talked about, as we've read about for months now, that literally imprison them in poverty. Like, Give them more money. So maybe this was their one opportunity to climb out of it. And those people absolutely need to be reliant on the government. And the government has to help those people. Right, right. right. No, that's exactly right. I don't know. Like, I get a little afraid when we hear the term, like, we're going to run it like a business because that's what you know who did. Um, Hold on. But he has never run business as well. Well, he that I'm sorry. That's not what he did. That was what he like campaigned on um that's not actually what he did though so yeah uh, but uh, and yes i think we also uh, if somebody wants to do the podcast search back like i think we also talked about this like great thanks for the stimulus however what is this going to do to us in the long term like where's all this money coming from and somebody's got to pay for it like it's gotta something's gotta happen here um, so I did I did not disagree with that. And I, I would also agree with you that I think that, you know, some of the troubles that are happening right now is the aftershock. So I, I think I used the term aftershock at work the other day when we were like, why are there so many like unwell, mentally unwell people in the community at the moment? And I'm like, it's COVID aftershock, like 100 um, percent. I don't know. I, so so, yeah, I think that that's I think that that's what we're experiencing. But what was the alternative? Like, I know one of my stimulus checks helped me to save my ass getting yeah. my car fixed. You know, remember, like I, like I got a stimulus and my car broke down and it wasn't some big, huge thing. I was able to pay for it and not like freak out about it and still continue to do what I do. Um, so it, it really does help people. And, and, you know, those opinions of like, get a job, get out and go get a job. Those are from people that probably have never lived that life. Oh, I say probably because I, I know there's some that have. Um, I agree. Like, 
And, and this, Go ahead. Is, this is kind of two separate issues. The, the throwing money at the problem and then that quote of, I'm not going to allow people to be reliant on, on government. Um, and like to, to zoom in on that like a little bit more, well, that, I, I think of things that happen here, like when the mayor is begged to uh, fix the streets. Because if I can't drive on my streets and my car gets all jacked up, like those little things right. in the way that people are and need to be right. reliant on government. Like, I, that's great. Have your conservative or libertarian, every man for himself attitude. Um, but people do need to rely on functional government. And I, I should have kept the customer service part of this and that that Nebraska governor at the top of things because yeah we just talked about this last week when I said I think customer service is starting to go over to a country where they don't speak very good English and I'm not being xenophobic but if there's a, <laughs> if there's a language barrier because you need to save a couple of bucks there's a problem that's that can be bad customer service I think there was another part where they said if people are not getting what they need from the Social Security office or whatever other documents so they can get the funds that we're dispensing in a timely manner, that's mm-hmm. on us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not mm-hmm. to take away from, you know, uh, the assistance of or the the problem that we have are now living with um, the money, like to use your problem. And granted, we can't get to the long problem if we if we can't get through the short problem. Like if you can't fix your car then and there. You're not worried about hitting a pothole in 15 months that should have been fixed but wasn't because the city's or, the, or whoever is not doing their job and or that, that short-term problem. Yeah, you get your car fixed, but everybody that used money in that fashion per se, not saying there wasn't a problem then, we're all biting it now because every time we go to buy a little chicken, which is 30% more than more more than or 30 cents more a pound or the gas that's up 25%. Us taking all that money seems to have been a contributor to what we're getting stabbed with now. As you're saying, it's a financial aftershock of COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I mean, it's it's interesting. I, like, in Nebraska's a flyover state. I mean, I, but he's not wrong. And we we all thought about this. And I like, I was lucky enough that I kept my job and I kept my salary through the entire pandemic. So every single stimulus was literally a bonus for yeah. me. And I I know it was for me to like put back into the economy. And I didn't. I saved it to buy a house. Like, besides getting my car fixed, <laughs> you know what I mean. But Still, and I wasn't able to do that, but um, you know, everybody used it for different things. But I did. I almost felt bad that I was even getting one. You yeah, know, also not paying back, not paying back my student loans. Also felt a little bad that I wasn't doing it. And I'm like, well, what is this going to do in the long run? Um, and I'm still not paying those damn things. I think they pushed it back to May, and now it's pushed back even further. I think if you if you read this article and it is a long read, but I'll share it with you if you would like. Uh, there's a lot of good things in here, and and you're right. When we hear running things like a business, we think cold, ruthless efficiency, where we cut bodies until we're making more money or not losing right. money, and everybody's just a dot on a spreadsheet. I I really appreciated the customer service aspect of this because it's something that people bitch about here, which I'm going to get answers for on Wednesday. Somebody from Engage Toledo will be on the podcast. Oh, and, nice. Who is it? Her name is Jennifer Jacqua. Oh, okay. But Engage Toledo is the customer service arm of the city. And mm-hmm. they are there to take calls about potholes and so much more. And if the customer service isn't good, it's not in 
it's not an optimal business. And when yeah. your business is about getting votes to keep you in office and you're not running it well, well, that's where people begin to distrust you and, and all other kinds of things and mis- misspending my money, misspending my taxes, so on and so forth. But yeah, aside from that part and mu- and our stimulus and whatnot, um, yeah, there are people who absolutely should and need to rely on the government because the government is the only people that are going to fix these neighborhoods where we talk about at least once a week in a serious conversation because those places are... Even though we hear about the bullets, there are far more people living there who would rather not live there, but they have no other choice. Yeah, and I think that there's also, and I mean, people that rely on the government that maybe they're of age to work and maybe they're not necessarily on any kind of disability, but they're not like, I don't want to say not well, but maybe they bounce from job to job. They struggle with certain things. And every time they lose their job, they then fall behind on more bills and more bills. And so their credit score goes down the, you know what I mean? Like, and then they get to a point where social security recognizes like, okay, you do have a disability or you're not able to work because you've lost this job and this job and this job and this job. But in between then, cause like there's a joke that says you have to apply and get denied for social security three times before they accept you. Do you know what somebody goes through in that time? Like it's insane. I do not. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. For, before we had these discussions, I used to say to people, and I, I don't think this is the person you were alluding to right there, mm. um, where people would say, people just take advantage and they don't work and they're right. lazy and they're getting free handouts. And I would say right, to them, no. for every hundred of those people, their economic impact is minuscule on you. And I know you see them every day and it irritates you and burns you up. But for every hundred of those people... There is a CEO who is doing far worse things. You just don't see them or know about <laughs> it as much. And Correct. those those people are maybe getting you on the fast track to be like those other people who may or may not be taking advantage of the system. But trust me, there are far fewer people taking advantage of the system at the top um, that is why we are where we are now with this massive... Mm-hmm. Income gap and, and inequality gap, which which mm-hmm. would have happened just not at this speed if COVID wasn't here, because that gap has been growing for 150 years. And I think that uh, you know one of the things that I, I I feel like I know, but I don't I don't have any hardcore facts is that some of those like CEOs and senior level positions. You know, while you may have gotten like a, a little raise during the pandemic or you got yourself a bonus, they got thousands. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, it, it, it still wasn't evenly distributed even then. You know, there's a gap and there was a gap in what was provided during the pandemic as well. And like the ones maybe having to struggle a little bit more were not always the ones all the way at the top, although they were making difficult decisions. But yeah. still, yeah, you know, um, all right. I think I, I'm, I'm much cooler now. Thanks for letting me vent. I did? Yes, you were very helpful. Thank you. Oh, did we talk about something that was that was peeving you? No, you didn't, but I feel better oh. having had this outlet. Uh, what? One more fast, literally a fast thing. Mm-hmm. So I did not know th- off on door that there were three roundabouts in succession getting off of yeah. 475. I have never uh-huh. driven in Italy or Monaco before, but for the first time ever, I felt like a Grand Prix driver. 
I felt like I was back in Scotland. Like it's so many roundabouts because my friend lives over there. So I have to get off of 475 and take door past McCord. So I have to go through all three roundabouts. And I was like giving directions to one of my girlfriends. And I didn't realize that there's a lot of people that are not familiar with roundabouts and what to do in them. And we're just putting them in the city as if everybody knows how to navigate them. And um, I was kind of shocked when she was going through it because she was like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so we, like... we should. You're, you're right. Um, and, and I as an as an advocate of roundabouts, um, there should have been some type of roundabout training. And I am completely serious. Like, take everybody to Detroit and uh, and the trail or Detroit and whatever, uh, Detroit and burn and let them practice outside of earnest. And then everybody gets a celebratory beer because you're right. They don't know how to do it. And for the first time in my life, I have been afraid to be in a vehicle Mm-hmm. Not because, and, and it was this Saturday, I texted Bethany because she's over there more often than I am. I am not afraid of myself. In fact, I am an aggressive driver in the sense Damn. that if you hesitate, you will die. Uh, <laughs> like I watched it and I sat white knuckled in the passenger seat watching my Grammy drive when I was a kid. And the fact <laughs> that she was overly cautious and slow, I, it was the closest I've come to death without being in an accident. And to watch people's hesitation in roundabouts as I'm professionally in in an experienced way getting through them actually kind of scared me. Because when I told Bethany, I'm like, I'm afraid. She's like, don't you know how to drive a roundabout? I said, I do. It's them. It's these bullets coming at me that don't know what they're doing. Yeah, there's a roundabout in Sterling Heights that's three lanes. Like the two lane ones, are the one lane ones, easy. The two lane ones, a little dangerous. The three lane ones, good luck. But this, I had an idea years ago, and we may have talked about it on the podcast, or it might have been before you and I became friends. We need one of our news friends, somebody at one of these local stations, like I need them to do a regular story once a week, and they're in the car driving through, this is how you do this. This is how, like, especially where some of the construction, teaching somebody how to merge onto the highway, like, if you are in a merge lane, right? If you're merging onto the highway, you need to be accelerating. And if you are in the merge lane where cars are merging into your lane, you either need to be willing to move forward or move behind, but not in a way that's selfish. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know to, what I mean? To your point, I think one of the things that trips people up with roundabouts is that is not a stop sign. It's yield, yield. not stop. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And so when to yield, when not to yield, like it's meant to be, if there's no cars coming, you're just supposed to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. If there's a car, slow down. For me, it's like slow down leading up to it so that you can still keep going. Like it's my goal to never have to stop. Like it's my goal to always like keep moving. So I'm not actually coming to a complete stop ever. You, you, Uh, you gave the best, you gave the best advice as you are getting into it and approaching the yield, you should be slowing your momentum, but not so much that if that car passes, you continue at a regular speed past the yield, which again does not say stop. Like I just need, so yes, so this is a really good learning experience for people that don't know roundabouts. And now we need one of the news stations to pick it up. I need somebody to be taught how to do a zipper merge, like onto (laughs) the highway. And like, I, I, 
please. Do you know please. I think? Do I think people? You know why I think people will never get the zipper because that's selfishness and wanting to be first. Oh, it's so like what I almost died a couple weeks ago because this lady decided to speed up when I didn't like as I was merging onto the highway and she's like, you know what? I ch- I was gonna let you go, but I changed my mind. Now I'm gonna speed up, which almost ran me right into the wall. And I was already going like 55 miles per hour because I was having to speed. It's a very short merge. It's kind of like up by Port Huron. Like when there's, I forget what highway it is in Michigan where you're merging onto Port Huron and you've got like 20 feet and that's it. Is that, is, is that 696 onto 94 or 96? I think so. I don't know. Well, look, you, your chances of dying in a vehicle are, are magnified about 10 times just crossing the border from here to Michigan anyway. <laughs> It's insane. And the potholes. Yep. Good Lord. Yep. Yeah, I, I factored that into the 10 times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for making me feel better. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Um, and so you won't send me a picture of the cheesecake? I didn't know you wanted one. Thomas I do. Is probably, Thomas has probably already eaten it up. Like, yeah, I'll send a picture next time I okay. cut a slice because I cut, I sliced strawberries for it too, so. Okay. I'll put some cute little strawberries on top. No, I tried. You'll be so proud of me. I tried some new chicken tenders. They're Kala Power chicken tenders. Okay. And so they're not, it's chicken, but instead of it being breaded with like, you know, b- traditional fried chicken tenders, it's breaded in um, cauliflower, p- powdered cauliflower and what? almond flour. Are, are you able to just do like, like I do just a, a skinless, boneless chicken and cook it that way with nothing on it. Well, I kind of like the breading though. It, t- it, t- it tastes good. Okay. So it's not bad. And okay. I popped it in the air fryer. The, like the serving size is three and I popped three in the air fryer. It's like 80 calories. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. You're doing um, calorie hygiene, healthy eating hygiene. Correct. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, you All know, right. like a, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, well, I'm just going to wrap us up, wrap us up for the day. Okay, I'm wrapped. And bye-bye. <gasps> bye-bye.